Hello and welcome to Belonging on Nashville Catholic Radio. Belonging is a place where young Catholic adults can find connection, rest, and encouragement on their journey with Jesus Christ. My name is Zach Jansen. I grew up here in Middle Tennessee. I'm a recent graduate of Belmont University, and I'm here to begin this new show. It was created out of our longing to share our walk with Christ, our insights, joys, and laughter. We welcome on this journey with us as we together discover what it means to find a sense of belonging. Uh, we have some great guests for us this week. Uh, we're talking through, uh, we're joined once again, as we are every week by uh, Father Javon, the chaplain at University Catholic here in Nashville. He's serving uh, Vanderbilt and Belmont, all the local universities, uh, providing some great ministry there. Uh, and we have another great guest, Miss Lindsay Todd, uh, is an amazing writer, uh, blogger. She's from the Philadelphia area. But she's currently doing a lot of writing these days and, and going to grad school, um, but doing a lot of great work on, on, on chastity.com, uh, writing some great articles on, on fi finding love and, and dating and, and waiting. Uh, so we're excited to have some, some great conversations. Uh, Lindsay, great to have you on here. Tell us just a, yeah, a little bit more about yourself and, and where, where you're at right now. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, so yeah, that was a great intro. I'm to keep it short and sweet, I'm a Catholic writer. Um, I'm a novelist. I'm a blogger for Jason Everett's nonprofit, The Chastity Project. And I own my own uh, freelance copywriting business. So those are the things that keep me mainly busy. And then I'm also a graduate student up at Dartmouth. So that's, a, that's another thing I've been working toward. Wow. And tell us about your, you, you're an author as well uh, of your one book. And what is that called? Where can we find that? So I uh, wrote this chastity book called Freedom to Love in response to a lot of the um, blog questions I got on Jason Everett's website. So I thought I'll just write a book about it. Um, so currently it's available on Amazon and Kindle. And you can also find it on my website, which is just lindsaytodd.net. So you're telling me you're out in Philadelphia. One thing I got to know before I visit, where am I going to get cheesesteaks? If you would please tell me. Oh man. Okay. So, so the, the big debate is between Pat's and Gino's to be perfectly honest as somewhat of a local. I, I do not go to those places. I go to a place called Steve's and it's awesome. Um, you have to ask for a cheesesteak uh, with cheese whiz as gross as that sounds. And also with raw onion It's actually, it's really good. I recommend it. <laughs> Father Javon, how does that sound? You're the cook. Are you in? Uh, I, I was good until she saw, uh, until she said raw onion, and then I was like, eh, I don't know about that. <laughs> what? Oh, <no. laughs> oh man, but that's, that's I think... a personal preference. So let's not. We're gonna probably agree to disagree on that one, Lindsay. <laughs> well, I want to get started right away, and just talking a lot um, about what it's like, I guess, as a a single Catholic or just a single a, a young adult in general. Um, I love one of your articles here and you can find all of these on chastity.com. Uh, she has a lot of great blogs. My, my, one of my first favorites I want to start with is talking about the myth, the myth of path, passive dating. And you started off uh, in such a creative way uh, by mentioning the book of Tobit, uh, how it mentions, um, you know, do not be afraid. Uh, there was, there was one set apart for you before the world existed and, you, know, you will find her and uh, she'll go with you. And it's such a romantic idea thinking that there's that one specific person in mind for us. Um, can you tell just what, what, what that process of waiting uh, can be like for someone uh, as an adult? Like we think they're going to knock on our front door. Um, what's, that, what's that process been like for you? Just 
being patient. Yeah. So actually I wish someone could tell me how to be patient because I'm, I'm terrible <laughs> yeah. at it. I'm not going to lie, but I think for me, my, uh, my patience, and I say that with air quotes comes more from a place of refusing to settle. Um, because I've spent mm. a lot of time working on myself over the last few years and on my relationship with God and my faith. And so if I'm not meeting men who, who share that in common with me and who are at that same level of maturity, I'll say, um, I, I'm just not willing to waste my time or waste their time. So until I meet that person, uh, I'm just, I have no choice but to be patient. <laughs> That's true. You talk a lot about like, what, what can we do in that waiting process? And I guess the fact is like bettering yourself, like uh, finding your own defects. Uh, Father, what are your thoughts on that? And like, how can we better, like, I guess I feel like becoming a saint almost is like the best, the best thing you could do for your potential spouse one day. You know, and I think that it's interesting when Lindsay talks about patience because sometimes we think about patience, something like, oh, I cannot do anything else. Therefore, I have to be patient. You know, it's almost like something that's like, oh, I try everything else and now nothing else worked. Therefore, I have to be patient. So it, sometimes it can be like a, a, almost like a burden because you have to be patient. And I think that we are called to be patient, but in a hopeful way, you know, we're going to be patient because that's what we do, you know, in a sense, not something like it's necessary it's bad. I don't want to do this, but there's no other option. Therefore I'm going to do this. Hmm. So I think that would be the first thing. And I think the other thing about, you know, this whole patient is like, pray about it. I remember somebody that is dear to my heart, you know, she's married and everything. She's a grandmother now, but she said that one nun told her, pray for your husband beginning hmm. today. You know, and then she said, beginning that day, every night, she prayed for her husband. And for some time, she almost like thought that she was going to be a nun and all, you know, like all that process. And that is a good process, you know, that everybody, you know, every Catholic men and women should think about the religious life and everything. But she was open to whatever God was giving to her. So, mm. you know, do, are we patient? waiting or we just patient you know like are we it's almost like we have to work through you know work with that I, I i am patient but i'm patient praying i'm patient hoping i'm patient waiting not just like oh i you know there's nothing that i can do therefore i have to be patient you talk a lot about too just and being patient and, and Lindsay, i love you we write about this uh you say like let's be real like putting yourselves out there is like hard it's like jumping off a cliff and i have to approach men who um who i've noticed are spiritually mature and attractive because they're they're few and far between and uh and you just have to risk it sometimes it could be worth it so do you have like would you say like you have like a checklist uh, when you see when you're like interested in pursuing a, a man as far as like his, his spiritual life or, or just who he is as a person in general or do you think it's possible that like someone who you don't imagine could be that person for you. Yeah, for sure. And this is this is something I've struggled with. So, I've only ever been in one serious long-term relationship and it lasted 6 wow. years. And oh, so, man. you know, for me, I am so used to that. I think that we as humans tend to gravitate toward what we're used to. So, it, it's taken a while for me to kind of um 
I guess, go back and kind of retrain my brain to be open to different types of men, like like from an attraction standpoint. Um, but the biggest issue with my last relationship was that we didn't share faith in common. Um, he was born and raised Catholic, but was a cultural Catholic and, and didn't go to mass and was actually quite hostile toward the church. And so mm. um, number one on my list is definitely a man who, who makes God a priority beyond just, you know, even Sundays, someone who prays regularly uh, and can strengthen my own spirituality as well. I think that's a big part of it too, is making like an interesting relationship to God. Like too often we'll like make an idol out of it. And that's like the one thing idols are meant to do is, is be broken. Um, Father, what are your thoughts on that? And like, how can we, how can we entrust God to relationship and like essentially walk side by side in holiness, like in helping each other grow? Um, maybe not like so much as a father in faith, but yet in the sense, walk side by side together to grow in holiness. What can we do there? Yeah. I think that, you know, like our first vocation is to life. And then, and then the, the second vocation that we are called is a vocation to holiness. So, you know, that is our goal, you know, to see God face to face. And we are called to do this in a relational way. Hmm. And I think that sometimes it's hard to relate with each other because we really don't know how to do it, you know. So connected in so many different ways. But at the same time, we are so disconnected because we don't know how to, you know, have a one-on-one -on -one interaction or, or, you know, that kind of stuff. So, but is it, it's time for us to, you know, it's always time for us to learn. I guess, I know I keep going back to the waiting part of it. What I love it in your, in your one article, I think it was, it was let go and let God. We had a, a beautiful quote that I written down, how, you know, God makes us wait for the things that we want most. And you, you had said, this is hurting me. It is hurting me to wait for my husband. Yeah, I mean, I have several thoughts with that. I think that if I had met my husband, you know, over the last few years, I wouldn't have grown to the extent that I have because I've, I've spent all of this time um, being single, really working on myself and chasing after the things that, that really make me come alive, things that are my passions that I know God put on my heart. Um, and I think, you know, from a prayer perspective, it has been a little difficult for me to continue to pray for my husband because sometimes mm. it almost feels like, you know, knocking on a door and no one ever answers. It's like, how much longer am I going to have to pray for this thing that I want so much? Um, especially when you're convinced that it's your vocation. It is. And I think a lot of us are thinking, you know, where's it going to be at? Is it going to be on a, an online dating? Is it an app or a website where I'm going to look? Um, yeah, it's kind of hard to, to be still and wait and then at the same time actively pursue that. Yeah, and you know, Zach, you said that sometimes it feels that wedding, marriage is like the, the end of it. Like you're done, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that is the beginning of it, you know. Yeah. Now that you found the person, it's, you know, I had, I had a teacher in the seminary, a professor in the seminary, and then he's like, I don't understand why, you know, on ordination, we have all these hotties and, you know, and all that stuff for the guy. You haven't done nothing so far, <laughs> you know? <laughs> You'll be in the seminary for eight years, six years, four years, whatnot. You haven't done nothing. That is the time that you're going to start to do it right now. That's kind of the beginning of your vocation. And I think in the same way, you know, for marriage life, yeah, the marriage is like, finally I found a person, you know, that I'm going to, want to spend the rest of my life but then it's the beginning of the whole thing you know whenever we 
whenever I do like marriage prep and other stuff is like, you know, a, a lot of times each one have like their own perceptions of marriage or how we're going to do this and how you're going to do this. And it's so funny to see is like, so, you know, I, I always ask, so how many kids? And, and I say, I want, I say one, two, three, and then you both say the same time, you know, and then sometimes, you know, the, the girls say four and then the guys say two and then they leak, look at each other and I was like, what? And then I, you know, I say <laughs> when, and you know, the guys say right now and the girls say three years from now. And, and it's funny. I was like, we started little fights, but I was like, you guys need to talk about this. Uh, if you're just now joining us, for, this is Belonging on Nashville Catholic Radio. We're, we're joined by Father Javon, uh, chaplain at University Catholic here in Nashville, and Miss Lindsay Todd, a, a blogger, author, and, and writer, uh, has a book called Freedom to Love, lots of work on chastity.com, uh, just a lot of great books on, on dating and finding and waiting for that perfect someone to come along. We think of love, how, how it's a decision. Like I said, when your emotions aren't as ten- intense as they were at the start when the world isn't all beautiful because uh, it's the world probably isn't going to be beautiful when it's three in the morning and there's like a baby crying or something like that and you have to get up. Lindsay, I'm curious what your thoughts are. Do you think there's a feeling of responsibility we should have for the ones we love? Like that's where the more true love is, the greater feeling of responsibility uh, for the one we love. What, what, what do you think about that? Yeah, so something that you just reminded me of uh, talking about emotion in love. Um, My friend actually recently sent me a beautiful passage by Peter Kreeft in one of his books that she's reading. And he talks about how God is agape and agape is the most, is the highest form of love. And it's not driven by feeling. Um, It's when you think of God, he's, unable he's unable to fall in love because he is love it's the same reason why water can't get wet so Mm. when you have that type of um intense love for someone you know you don't even always have to like them to love them and to to want what's best for them and to will the good for them that's what love is and that's where it comes from it's not it's not the romance as wonderful as the romance is Mm, that's beautiful um one of my favorite quotes, uh, I know that I read on, on the website somewhere, I guess that the greatest example of love uh, is Christ. And if you want to learn how to properly love a woman or a man, look at a crucifix and, and see what, what kind of sacrifice you're giving there. Um, kind of kind of backtracking a little bit here too. Uh, one analogy, that's one of my favorites, is like uh, when we're waiting, we're just a little bit hesitant to pursue. Like, oh, is this the right person? What if they're not? What if I'm wasting my time? Uh, one of my favorite analogies that Jason Everett uses, I believe, is like when you have like a seed there, it's like an apple and an orange seed. Like, well, I don't, well which one is it? Is it an apple or an orange? And you don't really know until it's planted in the ground. Um, I think sometimes you just don't know until you just dive in uh, and you do it, I think. Um, Father, are, are you seeing any uh, encouragement from young men and in the, in the, in the, the students you work with? Are they... Are they pretty active? Are they pretty hesitant as far as what it's like interacting with people um, or just in a, in a relationship in general? Are, they, are, are you seeing a lot of extroverted people in your community? I think there's a little bit of everything. You know, the good thing is we have so many people here. So we have, you know, a, a, a little flavor of everything. But I think, it, you know, the biggest thing is go and try it, you know go and try it and see what it is. You, you know, you're going to learn by doing it. 
Mm-hmm. So I think that's the, and I think sometimes we freak so much, and maybe Lindsay, you can you can you can talk a little bit about that. You know, we always want to find like the perfect one. Mm. You know, and I, I think there's so many times that we just get lost in the on the way because it's like this. I'm sorry to tell you, but it's not the perfect one. You know, no, that is the perfect one for you. You know exactly because you know and sometimes we just like oh you know this person have this bad thing or what and then we just almost like you know that whole prince or princess that are gonna come in you know in a a high horse yeah and it's like come on guys hold on that's not what is about you know i know it's like we think that there's one out of the billions of people there's only one person that's made for us I think that's kind of like a, a big myth of it. I don't know. There's probably more people out there that you can like. If you if you if the person you find is not for you, that's that's good. You just check that off and think, okay, I, I can keep going. I guess we talked about the checklist earlier. Do you feel like it's loving the person, like not waiting for the perfect one to come by? That man, this is just it. But like loving them for their imperfections in a way. Or what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So I. It's, it's, uh, I've heard both, I've heard it both ways where in the book of Tobit, as you mentioned earlier, there's that verse that says, don't be afraid. She was set apart from you from the beginning for you from the beginning. And then we're also told that there's no one perfect person out there for us, which I tend to believe is more true, but they are two contradictory messages. So I think the most important thing is just, um, you know, not waiting for that perfect person, but just realizing that you're both going to have flaws and, and there is someone out there who's ultimately going to lead you closer to Christ and is going to, you, you guys can improve together, basically, at the end of the day. Like, kind of ideal is like, yeah, just finding someone who, who just loves God uh, and makes makes you a better person through all of it. Uh, I think uh, as things go on, uh, we, we, we begin to like think about uh, what what chastity means. Uh, Lindsay, do you have a way you you describe chastity in a way, and more it's less about saying no uh, to other things or going too far, but more about saying yes uh, to our future spouse or and our children? Um, or what would you? How would you explain chastity in a, in a sentence or two if someone had never heard the term? Oh my gosh! See, but that's too much of a challenge. I can't do it. That in is a, a challenge. <laughs> that, that was hard. Maybe not a sentence um, or two, but. But I look, I would say for me, the beauty of chastity is it's not this puritanical ideology that so many people assume that it is. It's not just abstinence and, and, you know, no one being able to look at your body till marriage. It really, you know, to quote the title of my book, it gives you the freedom to love someone for who they are, because you're able to see them through a more objective lens. You're able to love them authentically for the person they are without that uh like love is blind syndrome um sex is a wonderful thing but it's reserved for marriage because it can blind you to problems that are seriously wrong in a relationship that's uh you know leading you down a path of destruction um, before you're married so um you know chastity is really freedom that's the way i've come to look at it over the last few years uh that's the good point of it too huh is that it's like first of all it's totally normal if you want like an find the idea of like a passionate or just like marital sex life appealing um that's it's it's normal to think that if you want a physical marriage someday that's like god-centered um 
I think it's it's just important that's 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 ordered and that it's control. Um, that when you're in that relationship with someone, the idea that that they're worth waiting for. I think, and especially if you know if the other if your partner, if you, we all make our own mistakes. Like I said, none of us are perfect, but I think it's a big part of it. Yeah, I think that you know a lot of times, and I, I don't know exactly what I read that, but you know a lot of times we have that idea that I'm going to wait for you because you're worth. And I think that it was really good when I heard, I was like, no, I'm going to wait for this because I'm worth. Oh, wow. That way allows us to take a, a leadership on that, you know? So it's not like because of the other person, but it's because of me first. And then because I'm worth and because I want to do this, I will give that gift of myself to the other person. Wow, that's a big part of it that we're the, the total gift of self is like the greatest thing we can give. But that's beautiful. I think to remember that that I'm I'm worth it, and um, and that's a, a big part of the weight for us there. Um, Lindsay, if I may ask, what is, what, are, are there any criticism that you that you get as a, as a spiritual person? And as, as a chaste person today, if you're dating someone who does not understand chastity and is not interested in understanding it, they're never really going to understand uh, your deep connection to your faith and your connection to God, which is so integral to who we are as people. And it's not fair to you if you've spent all this time building your faith and then you're with someone who just doesn't appreciate it and doesn't make it easy for you to live it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I avoid, um, dating people who I know that they're, where I know that there's that inconsistency between us. Um, to me, it's just not worth it. Mm. And I think when you want to, or father, if I may ask, yeah. um, would you say it's a big part of what, um, making a marriage that last is, is saving all of that, um, for, for your wedding night, save, saving sex and, and all the joys of marriage, even just living together, uh, would you say that's a big part of, of finding a marriage that, that's, that's committed and lasts a long time? Yeah, I remember there was this guy that I was doing his marriage prep, and, you know, I do, he's one of my spiritual, spiritual directees. And then I got to him, and I said, okay, so, buddy, let me ask you this. When your daughter asks you about, you know, so, Dad, you don't want me to be sleeping with my with my boyfriend. But if I remember correctly, you were living with my mom before you guys got together. What are you going to say about that? And then I think that point he had like a, oh my, I never thought about that. And you know, there's a specific person, they got to a point that they were getting married in a couple of months or whatnot. And then he moved bedrooms, you know, and he said, we're going to, live in the same house because that's where we are right now in a, in a preparation to get married. But we, you know, they spent the last couple of six months or so before they got actually got married in different bedrooms. And I said, well, you know, there's this kind of a, it's a, it's a bold decision that you made. And he said, you know, he's been married for a year and uh, almost two years now. And he said that, you know, afterwards he came back and said, Thank you so much for that because that saved our marriage in so many times after that because our marriage right now it's not only about sex. Lindsay, you hinted at a lot. If there's if there's 
little things you disagree on. I, that's just a part of that's just a part of life. But when it comes to those big decisions, um, as far as who you are as a person and your spirituality, if they don't meet that, then they were never meant for you anyways. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I've definitely found that to be true. Um, I, I feel like it's the big things that will bond you and will help you to weather storms later in life. So to be aligned, you know, politically, spiritually, like these are the things that are at the heart of a person, your core beliefs. And if you don't have that in common, I don't really know what's going to sustain the relationship when the, when the romance starts to fizzle a little bit, when the hard realities of life kick in, um, those, those integral, those core beliefs are so important to have in common. Well, I would like Lindsay to, to talk just a little bit about, you know, because a lot of times we have chastity as something that is just for the, the people who are single. Lindsay, can you talk a little bit about that? Like chastity is, you know, there is a, bit, there is a difference between chastity, celibacy, and uh, um, not having sex. Can you touch a little bit on that? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll do the best I can. Um, so, so my understanding and the way I've always internalized chastity is, is you're not a prude and you're not afraid to have sex. That's not the reason why you've decided to wait. Um, it's a very deliberate decision that allows you to love someone else more freely um, and, to, and to abide by God's law the way he intended for love to be. Whereas I think, um, I think just abstaining, as, as the world tends to think of it, is more like, I, I don't like to use the word prude, but I mean, um, I, think that, I think that that's more along the lines of how the world tends to think of it. Um, so there is a difference, um, and that's why I'm always very deliberate to use the, the term chastity when it comes to my decision to wait. Thank you for being a guest with us today and for sharing all your thoughts and your insight. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. You can check out her book, Freedom to Love, available on Amazon, and uh, find that online at Lin Lindsay Todd. Um, so thank you as well, Father, for being here. Um, and thank you all of our, our, our listening audience out there uh, for spending your time with us. I hope you liked uh, what you heard today and get some insight, things you didn't know, things that are maybe on your mind. Um, if you like what you heard, you can write and let us know. Uh, our email is info at wbou.org. And you can tune in online at the same website there, wbou.org, on 100.5 FM here in Nashville. Uh, we also have the TuneIn app. Or with your smart speaker, if you have one at home, you can say, play Nashville Catholic Radio. And all our shows are also archived on our same website. Um, a special thank you to Jim Crow, our programming director. Uh, my name is Zach Jansen. Thank you for listening to Belonging.